Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. I'm your host, Bob Siegel. Always good to be joined with Jim Barrier. Well, it's so good to be here and uh, physically be here. I love it when I can come in the yeah, studio with you. Lately, you've been here a little more often in well, person. Maybe we but you're saying that, that now it's not going to be another year it'll be, or so it'll, Well, sometime back. in 2024, I'll be back. And no yeah. man knows the day or the hour. Well, not this even is the true. sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, boy. You're going to confuse people, Bob. Watch yeah. and be vigilant for your friend Jim Barrier will return <laughs> at an hour you do yeah. not expect. There have been sightings. I'm right up there with Loch Ness and Bigfoot and <laughs> UFOs, which we'll talk about. Now, I have mentioned before, it's my opinion that one of the greatest events, or at least world-changing events, was the Industrial Revolution on a humanistic level. Certainly, the appearance of Jesus Christ on the earth and the spiritual things have all been dramatic in the history of our world. But the Industrial Revolution changed things so much so that if you go from the time of Abraham to the time of Benjamin Franklin... Basically, transportation was animal-driven vehicles. People cooked over fire, and they grew their own harvest and livestock. And that was pretty much the same for thousands of years. The Industrial Revolution changed everything. It changed the education system. They started building the little buildings with the desks in a row, and they separated people by age. I believe, no, I'm, I am a bit of a conspiracy theorist, and so the kids were trained to respond to the bell, get up, sit down, so that they could go work in the factories. Fathers started going and working instead of on their home or their farm. They started working in the factories, and now the mom was left to raise the kids. Everything really changed with the Industrial Revolution, and it really started to affect the family. But of course, this was way pre sixties. The industrial way pre sixties. Yeah. So, but the segue is this: the sixties things started to change. Now, it really the precursor was in nineteen forty seven. The transistor was developed. Okay. Now, I have friends. I am not this far gone, but I have friends that deeply believe that it coincided with the event in Roswell, New Mexico, and that we took technology from the aliens that crashed. In. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and and I, no, I know people that believe well, you that. you know, there are more and more people talking about it. They're talking about it more in the news. Yeah, yeah. It's being talked about more in the government. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying I buy into it. That's but a it's, diversion. It's being talked. Yeah, it probably is. They that, don't want us to think about slow Joe. Know yeah. about what's going on. Forget but, Joe. It's the aliens. Yeah. So anyway, the transistor was developed, but things really started to escalate. Now, in 1965, or finally in the 60s, a fellow named Gordon Moore estimated that the number of components per integrated circuit would double every year. And he projected this for the next 10 years. And then in 1975, he revised it to doubling every two years. And it became so true, it proved out that they now call that Moore's Law. And the point of that is that technology just kept advancing so rapidly and things got smaller and smaller and your cell phone has more brains than the computers in those days well, think about how many different devices we once had that are now all in a cell phone all in my phone movie cameras movie projectors television sets radios gps record players everything. typewriters yeah. clocks i mean everything and i'm not even thinking of three quarters of them right now yeah and so it really has proven true so technology just went crazy now Another thing started to happen in the 60s, and this was message sharing between systems. These were the seeds, the groundwork for email. And when computer-to-computer -computer networking really began in 1969, it launched us into the Internet age. And It's uh, just that most... 
people, most average people, were not on the internet yet, but the no, technology no. was there. But because of that, companies started racing to develop PCs. Now, I don't. Do you remember your first computer, your first personal computer? Yeah, my first computer was an old black and white Mac, second hand <laughs> that somebody taught me how oh to my. use. Oh my! Before, and I've gone back and forth yeah. between Macs and PCs. I've had much better experience with Macs, but I yeah. know those are fighting words. Everybody goes to their corner on Mac well, versus PC. Well, if they don't agree with you, they're wrong, first of all. But, of course, because uh, they I, disagree I with I became us. a Mac convert, and I'm an Apple biter, so every, I have an iPhone, I have Mac stuff, I have everything Mac. But my first computer was a K-Pro. I never even heard of that It one. was a kind of a Radio Shack Oh, the Radio uh, Shack that's since gone of thing, out of yeah. business. I remember when a friend of mine came over and put in an 8088 chip. Ooh. And it made it faster and smarter. It was crazy. When you, Even when you went on the internet, you had a little cassette tape, and it made that horrible noise, you know. And so that started escalating. And along with that, we had the space race, which gave us Tang and Velcro and <laughs> some other really cool stuff. You remember, remember J- space sticks, those little chocolate oh, yeah, candy yeah. bars? Oh, yeah. That, that's yeah. just what the astronauts eat. Yeah, yeah and it, it, it was terrible, but you wanted to eat it because you want to be an astronaut. That's right. You told yourself it tasted good because yeah. you felt like an astronaut. In, in 1962, JFK said, we choose to go to the moon before 1970. And in July of 1969, Neil Armstrong took that one small step onto the lunar surface. And by the way, I think that happened. All the people say, oh, it was staged, it was fake. No, it happened. It's just that Joe Biden was on the rocket ship, too, and he landed on the moon next to Neil Armstrong. you so got to get that part. So yeah. you're saying that that image we always saw was not Jackie Gleason. It was actually... <laughs> <laughs> now, it's only a few people are going to get that reference. Now, moving forward... A fellow named Manuel Castells wrote a book called The Information Age slash Economy, Society, and Culture. And he writes about a new society that is in the making. And he said, the information age is not the end of history. Quite the contrary. History is just beginning. Now, I don't think he meant to be so prophetic, but the truth is they're rewriting history. Yeah, so in that sense, yeah. rewriting a history, that could be coming true. But because of all of this, the information age, you know, people can go on the well, internet. computers make it so easy yeah, to wipe yeah. out history because you don't have to go burn down a library now or yeah. burn books at all. You can just wipe it off a hard drive. Yeah, and you remember, uh, there's a quote, Mark Twain, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. <laughs> Well, that's I loved Mark Twain. That's the information age. I don't trust Wikipedia implicitly. I certainly don't trust Google or most of the things. You know, if you get all your information off of social media, you have to get your information from more than one source. Yeah, and certainly anybody not, can put something on yeah, Wikipedia. So yeah, because I had someone that I love said something to me one time. Well, what she said was, "Well, you know, Trump's a puppet." I said, "Really." And the guy we have in the White House now isn't? Well, and I said, you know, he, he's a billionaire. He gave that up to be the president. Who's pulling his strings? There's nobody in his pocket. She says, well, that's what they say on Facebook. <laughs> so so there you go. It was because he was not a puppet that they yeah, had to get rid I, of I him. Know, but, exactly. But, uh, my point is, is that people read this nonsense from their friends on Facebook who are so educated. Now, in this information age, it's kind of scary. Your credit, your bank accounts, your social media posts, phone calls, texts, and location are all accessible and vulnerable to scrutiny from Big Brother. Or just some black market hacker, too. We had that happen with one of our relatives. identity theft. Yeah, we've just walked through one of those, and it's a scary thing out there. And if the powers that be want to 
They can take that information. They know what's going on. And I don't care if you shut your phone off. It's got a SIM card in there. You could be tracked. So technology can be a very scary thing. I have said now for years, I love technology until I hate it. And then there's a point where I turn the corner and go, I hate technology. (laughs) Well, there's a great convenience to technology, but it can be a double-edged sword. Right. Now... Bring this into AI. That's the big thing. AI. Yeah, these programs now that are writing poems and creating music. Scary stuff. Google, YouTube, Amazon, Netflix, Siri, Alexa recognize human speech. They now have programs they can learn and read your emotions. Just a scary stuff. That one I had not heard. I have had situations where Dana and I are talking and her Siri will suddenly jump in and try to add to our conversations. (laughs) Let me look that up for you. We're like, we're not talking to you, Siri. Quit button in. They now have technology and they can put this in your big LED or OLED. How exactly are they reading our emotions? By the pulse rate or checking our pulse or something? They read facial expressions. Oh, okay. Body, body, voice, body language. And voice inflection. inflection, All of those kind of things. I can see that. And Spotify just got a patent for technology that reads emotions based on speech recognition, background sounds, all this kind of stuff, so that they can tell how you respond to a commercial, if you like the product or not. They know what kind of music you like. and they well, can this do- I like because there's certain movies that I'll turn off if they have certain scenes I don't want to see. And yeah, if they are yeah. now reading that I'm doing that, that part of it's good. Well, except that you, my friend, have always been a slim minority. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's some other scary stuff. I won't use it. I don't use Siri. I don't use Alexa. I saw 2001 and The well, Matrix. you realize your podcast is in so on some of those channels, Jim. Oh, I know. Because we're on a podcasting network, and yeah. they're uh, on oh, all the oh, channels. Oh, I know that, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, that's different. But I, I've seen all those movies. I know how this turns out if we trust artificial intelligence. Yeah, we know um, how it turns out. We know that they talk like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger that's when right. they take over. <laughs> I will never own a self-driving car. Not going to do it. The fact is, I won't even have an EV. I won't have an electric vehicle until it's as safe for the environment and as affordable as my internal combustion, fossil fuel-driven SUV. And until then, you're going to have to pull my cold, dead carbon footprint <laughs> off the accelerator. There is nothing to worry about with all of this technology. <laughs> Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.